All right, noise. Resounding. Powerful. Resounding. Yeah, I um, was... <laughs> when I was working with students, the quickest way to, like, make them freak out is I would go, nar, and they would be like, oh, my God, that's so funny. That is so funny that you just said that. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I can impress you some more. If you, want. Yeah, right? <laughs> you guys like that. I got way more for you. I was you. like, I know the word riz. So. <laughs> you want to see me yeet something across the room? <laughs> like, and also like, um, I was at their production of Shrek Jr. And I was standing backstage and I was like dancing along and I like hit the whoa. And the kids were like freaking out. And I was doing like a little like voguing motion. And they were like, oh my God, Miss Hannah, Miss Hannah, that is, you are so, oh my God, Miss Hannah, you are an icon. And I was like, this is doing wonders for me exactly like that is exactly what i needed to hear thank you so much i will be putting that in my back pocket for later when i feel sad all right well do you want to tell everybody what the show is yeah welcome to disastrous this is the show wherein we talk about the moments where you hit the woe or or whipped in front of a kid and instead of being obsessed with you, they said, that's embarrassing. (laughs) This, This show is about not impressing your teenage cousin and the pain that comes with that. Yeah. And then you replay it. For days, weeks, yeah. or months. And, and then you, you go feel on the same shame every time. You go on Urban Dictionary to like look up all the new slang she used that you don't know anymore, and you're suddenly confronted with the fact that, hey, what you know isn't hip anymore. You're being aged <laughs> out. <laughs> you're being aged out. And it happens to all of us. And uh, <laughs> you know, one day, kids, you're gonna feel it too. Mm-hmm. And I know as an elderly person, I say that and I'm like, Hey, listen, someday you're going to get crow's feet and you're going to be embarrassed. So don't look at me like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, it just makes you sound just as old as you are. So, but it's that feeling in, uh, historical stories. Most of the time. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) We are, we are, we're giving you the crow's feet Mm. of history. Absolutely, we are. And I am Amanda. I'm Hannah. Yeah. And uh, today I've got a whew, a tale for you. Oh, great. So I'm so excited. <laughs> Ooh, you know, when it starts like that, I'm like, yeah, buddy. Everybody buckle in. And uh, from the top, I will give some trigger warnings. Um, this story mentions... Uh, Gambling addiction, drug addiction, and uh, and a little bit of suicide. I was okay. trying to come up with a better term for suicide. I was like, death by one's own hand. I think, so, like, you'll notice when, I, when we were just recording, I think yeah. you're sp- not supposed to, but I think the common nomenclature is, like, death by suicide now. Death which- by suicide? Okay. 
I don't know how much it's like a big difference, but I think it's kind of like highlighting the death part of suicide. Okay. But I also think that trigger warning suicide suffices. (laughs) I was going to say, you get what I'm about. Okay. We know what you're saying. We're not going to dive too much into that one. Snip it up. But it's in there. Great. Okay. I mean, so this is the tragic tale of Stewie the Kid Unger. Okay. Okay. So, Stuart Errol Unger was born on September 8th, 1952 in Manhattan, New York. Okay. To Jewish parents Isidore and Faye. Now, I will say, I don't know how good I feel about mentioning that, like, people were born into a Jewish family or that, you know, they were raised Jewish or whatever. It feels, like, unnecessary. But I do think this affects the story in a way that, like, Stewie was a victim of anti-Semitic bullying. Yeah, absolutely. When he was a kid. I mean, it's, yeah. It's, like, a part of his past and a part of, yeah. Hey. No, I, I I don't think there's anything... I mean, it's like saying they were born into, like, a British family. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I don't know if if that's something that should be mentioned or should not be mentioned. No, but I think that, that's alas, Here it is. So, Isidore Unger, his father, was a bar owner and a loan shark. I was and really then, listening to those names, and I was like, I don't know. I'm assuming he doesn't have two moms, but I, don't, I could not tell you who the dad is. I could. Thank you. I was like... Not to be, you know, heteronormative, but, like, I thought Isidore was a was a lady name. Yeah. Wild. Dude, names in history. So good. Names always. in histories, man. So, consequently, uh, young Stewie was exposed to gambling at a very early age, and he was a savant. So, wait, what was Isidore was a gambler is what you were saying? Isidore, his father, was a bar owner and a loan shark. Got it. Okay, cool. I missed so, that. Because <laughs> I was so no, taken no, no. off guard by I was so, like, Isidore being his Isidore father. Isidore of it all. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah. So he was exposed to gambling culture, loan sharking, all of these things, nightlife, you know, all these things when he was yeah. a young child. Um, but he was also a savant. So at the age of 10, he had basically become like the most gifted gin rummy player in the neighborhood, the borough. So dope. So dope, right? Like he was winning local tournaments when he was only 10 years old. He was smart enough that he skipped seventh grade, but then dropped out of school in 10th grade. Hmm. Basically, the reason was that... (laughs) I watched a like a docudrama movie called High Roller, the mm-hmm. Stewie Unger story. And he was like, there's a quote in there that says, most kids my age would shit their pants with $5. I'm walking around with 2000 Yeah. It, look, yeah. When, when you're making that kind of money, it makes, it's not good that you're not in school, but it makes sense. But it makes sense when you're like, listen, I'm out all night yeah. playing gym, gin rummy. I'm 12. I've got, you know, five grand. I probably already have, like, an insane amount of math skills from playing cards. That's like, exactly it. 
Yeah. So because he was such a genius, he was really able to count cards. And a lot of players that he would play against would say that it almost seemed as if he could see through the other player's hand. Oh, that's awesome. Dude. What? Like, absolutely wild. So his father, Isidore, passed away in 1967, and his mother suffered from a stroke. Mm. So he went full-time into the New York gambling world. Mm -hmm. And at the age of 18, because he wasn't really parented, he became friendly with a mobster and a card shark, Victor Romano. Okay. Who would ultimately serve as, like, his protector and guardian and mentor Mm -hmm. and his connections and mentorship and guardianship would kind of serve nicely for Stewie because he would not make many friends in the New York gambling underground. Yeah. Especially because he was a little cocky. Oh, okay. He'd be shit talking up and down and then he would just take your money. He's like, I was better than you at the age of eight. Uh, yep. So you can shut your little mouth. He's like, we can either play this game or you can just give me your money right now. And people are like, huh, who are you? <laughs> Who's this child? <laughs> Who's this child? And that's kind of how his like process would go. But by 1976, he was making a living for himself, his mom, his sister. He was Ugh. paying the rent, wow, food, bills, everything. And he won a bunch of tournaments and also the cash prizes that came with those. Yeah. I I think uh, I think about this a lot with I know like Jeanette McCurdy talked about it in her book. Um I'm glad my my mom is dead. I'm glad oh, yeah, my mom yeah, yeah. died. About yeah. like being the breadwinner for your family at such a young mm-hmm. age. It just like even in this context where it's like, "Oh, well, now I have to stay gambling for my entire life." Cuz I'm making the money to support my sick mother and my sister, Yeah, you know? And like, I can easily see that being such a slippery slope and such a little trap. Absolutely. And especially when you have that responsibility when you're young Mm -hmm. and you're like, what's my other option? I go Mm -hmm. back to school. I finish high school. Right. Like some kind of schmo. Like, no, 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 no. I'm going to enter this tournament next weekend it's I'm going to win $5,000 and I'm going to be able to pay rent for the next year. Yeah. Great. Oh, great. Imagine $5,000 paying rent for a year. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Maybe boy. in the 70s. I don't even know. <laughs> probably. York, probably maybe. you're fine. <laughs> probably. Oh, gee but whiz. But despite his winnings, he was known to owe over a hundred grand. Oh, God. To bookies and gangsters throughout Brooklyn. Oh, God. How did that happen? Are you about to tell me? <laughs> yeah. So, like, well, and a lot of this is is coming from, like, sources. But, like, yeah, he would be staked in a game or he would lose a game. Like, which Sure. Is... So he wasn't as bulletproof as maybe he seemed. Exactly. So he would enter into these no-limit games mm. where he, it's, like, Double or nothing, double or nothing, double or nothing. And then he would owe, like, $50,000. Yeah. And then he would walk away from the table and be like, I got you. And then he's got, like, gangster friends and and backers and, and all these, like, important 
respected mm-hmm. underground friends that were like, don't worry about it. You're going to get your money. But some people can only cover so much. Sure. So Victor Romano, his like backer, his, his papa, his, his papa new papa is like, I already paid off this, this and this for you. Yeah. I don't have the money to pay off this extra hundred grand that you owe. Yeah. So he owed all this money. So he was sent to Las Vegas okay. to recoup the fees. Okay. To recoup all of the money that he owed. They entered him into a gin rummy tournament. Sure. And he won. Great. Great. He recoups all the money, sends it back to New York to pay off all of his debts. And you're like, okay. I feel like I feel like okay, he's bud. He's going to like Las Vegas a little too much. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he does. He's, he's going to maybe stay a bit long. <laughs> well, and so you're like, for, you know, me, because I'm not a gambler. I've always hated gambling. I'm so scared of it. I It's not fun at all. I'm like, I put $100 into this machine, and I lost it in five minutes. Do you know what I could do with $100? I really like playing... Um, Texas Hold'em I learned over the pandemic and that was like what me and my but I'm also extremely bad at it I'm not (laughs) good at it (laughs) but I really do like playing it well in the Midwest too we'll play like Texas Hold'em for like nickels dimes and yeah exactly we would throw in like five bucks usually if that yeah and like, and that can be fun because like the stakes are so low, yeah. but there's still something in there. You're yeah. like, I'm going to get this motherfucker's 50 cents if I die on this table. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's fun. But he sent all the money back to New York, paid off those debts. And you're like, great, you're done now. Okay. Good. Good j- hey, bud, go hang out with your mom. You got a sister to hang out with, right? <laughs> that was a close one, bud. Yeah. So go home. Have some hot cocoa, have some family time, you know, just get your GRE. <laughs> get, yeah, get your GRE. Graduate high G- school. Is it GED? Or GED? Yeah, I was like, what G-R-E? is GRE? I think that's a grad school application. Probably. Oh, yeah, it totally is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, get that too. Yeah, Great. you know, fly above really and beyond. Go for it. So he, like you said, Stayed in Las Vegas mm. and just played poker. Wait, isn't he? Isn't he good at gin rummy though? Thank you, Hannah. Yes, <laughs> he is. He is the best at gin rummy. That is like his game. That is what people had really known him for. Like this, like top mobster guy was like, "Hey, don't worry about getting beat up by so and so and so and so and so and so," because. I will protect you if you play specifically gin and rummy. Okay. And you will make us both money and I will protect you. But now he's playing poker. But now he's in Vegas playing poker because that's a little more like widespread. Yeah. He can get what they call action. Yeah. A lot more. So he shows up at the casino like another day at work. Like it's just what he does. He just goes there, makes money. But he doesn't consider it gambling because he's got a system. Sure. Count sure. the cards. Count those cards, baby. Did you? Oh, my gosh. There was a movie called, I think it was like 21. Did you ever see that movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was up. Is that, that was like. Kevin Spacey in it? Oh, it might have. 
Oh, oh damn it. Damn. <laughs> but that was like one of the movies we owned on iTunes. And yeah. I must have watched that movie like five times in like middle and high school. I was obsessed mm-hmm. with it. I thought it was so cool. It's so cool. And I'm like, because he takes these like math geniuses out of college and he's like, we're going to go to Vegas and we're yeah. going to do the thing. And like, so cool. Yeah. Just to have that like talent that you're like, I know I'd never be able to possess it. Like I can visualize all these numbers and like see all the possibility. It's like, being a fortune teller a little yeah. bit like i can yeah, see exactly. every possibility that could happen right now absolutely and that's how it was for stewie like mm. he would just go he would just win he would just work like this but he also had another gambling addiction mm. the ponies did the- i get it girl <laughs> the ponies <laughs> Yes! I always just say the ponies as a joke. (laughs) Bro, it was the ponies. (laughs) And there's no system. It's always, the ponies always get you. They get you. The ponies just get you. Always get you. (laughs) The ponies always get you. And because, like, there's no, like, counting cards for the ponies, he's like, I've got a direct line to the trainer. Don't worry, he's going to win. And then he loses. Yeah. And it's a lot of that. Also, sports betting. So he's like, I'll put $20,000 on the fucking Jets. Sure. Oh, don't do that. Like, never do that. James Holzhauer, Jeopardy champ. Oh. Oh, he's a sports better. He's a sports better. Professional. So, in addition... He would go out on the golf course and win <laughs> some money, but one day he lost $78,000. <gasps> Dude, what? $78,000. I had, um, this might not be relevant. Well, we can cut uh, this if we need to. I had a moment the other day. I was watching. Probably selling Sunset, the new season, and where they're selling, you know, million, you know, double digit million, triple digit million houses. And I was like, when you have that much money and you go down to a deli, do you even think about that? The fact that you're paying for a sandwich or is it just like, do you even like process the fact that that is money or just like not, not at all? I think about that all the time. And I was actually thinking about that as I was writing up this story because I used to work at this super fancy hotel. Mm -hmm. The cheapest cocktail started at like $30 and went up to like (laughs) $500, right? And people would order them. Yeah. And they'd order lots of them. Yeah. Like we had like a $54 old fashioned and people would be like, yep, keep them coming. Is it just like the quality of whiskey? That made it that? Yeah, it okay, was like cool, cool, cool. high-end whiskey. It was like a whole show. Yeah. It had like cotton candy was the like, instead like of like. smoke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I would always think like, so when I tip like a dollar or two dollars at a cafe, mm-hmm. that's how they're thinking. Like I think about a dollar or two dollars. That's how they see a hundred dollars. That's crazy. That's crazy. 
So to like lose $78,000 on a game of golf, you got to have like this kind of distorted, mindset. yeah, view of that money isn't real. A thing. Yeah. It's just <laughs> I mean it also could be very well that like you know, I don't know if he was actually existing under this same context where it's like cuz I don't I don't know if he was a very rich man at this point or not because I know he had debts. (laughs) Well, I'm going to tell you. Oh, yes. So, in 1980, Stewie the Kid Unger entered the WSOP main event, which is the World... World Series of Poker. Series of Poker. I was like, the The World Series of Poker main event and his second only Texas Hold'em tournament ever. Okay. At 26 years old, he defeats Doyle Brunson and becomes the youngest WSOP main event champion in history. Wins $365,000. Cool. Cool. Very cool. The next year, the WSOP had actually considered banning Unger from the 1981 event because back then, like, Binion's Horseshoe was the casino that would host Mm -hmm. this tournament. And Stewie had allegedly spit in the face of a dealer (gasps) when he lost a large pot. Oh, boy. So Mr. Binion was like, not on this property, homie. Mm -mm. Keep keep this rascal out of my house. You can't act like that. Mm -hmm. But his son was like, dude, the media's going to be here. Mm. It's going to be really profitable for us to have him here. So they let him in. He has a nickname in the middle of his name. You know, he's a in the middle of his name. Like he was defeating 50 year old men and like like top notch gin rummy players when he was a boy. Like he was like four feet tall. So in 1981, he defeats Perry Green to defend his world championship and brings home $375,000. Okay. So a $10,000 boost. Sure. He is one of four people to defend back-to-back championships for this event. And for the next few years, he would kind of regularly do tournaments. He would bring in good money. He was just like kind of making a living for himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he dabbled in blackjack and because of his ca- card counting abilities. Um, but as expected, he would make some enemies Mm. and he was banned from certain casinos and tournaments. In 1982, he married a, you know, a, 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 a fine young lady that he dated in New York. Their relationship was tumultuous. Okay. Is he living in Vegas now or New York? He's in Vegas. Full time. He, he's in Vegas full time. He goes back to New York and is like, hey. Hey, baby. What's up, Madeline? I got a, I got a million dollars in the vault. How about you come out to Vegas? I'll buy you a big old house. We'll get a dog. We'll have some kids. Great. Living the dream, baby. You can, and he's like, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And if that's nothing, great. Don't care. Just... You do you, vibe your vibe. I'll give you whatever you want. And I'm like, as I'm listening, I'm like, that'd be really hard to say no to, to be honest. 
was so like, they're like, hey, listen, I love you. I love your whole thing. You move out to Vegas. Don't do anything for the rest of your life. You want to just come look pretty? <laughs> want to come look pretty? I'm like, yeah, okay. yeah, I do. Yeah, I, 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 I look pretty. They're like, you could go to spin class. And then you could go get a pedicure, and then you could go to lunch with your friends. And be like, oh, like Sex in the City, yeah. <laughs> oh, hell yeah! I was like, I would be bored out of my mind. I would absolutely be bored out of my mind. But yeah. to be fair, I think we would find something to do. You know, we would have our classes. We would go to improv class. We sure. would have our podcasts. We would do like, our things. Like Maybe I'd like start a gallery. I don't know. Yeah. That feels like a rich person, like bored thing to do. Exactly. <laughs> and like you could like, you could also do rich people stuff like when you're bored and just like deal drugs or something. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> like, I'm sure you have we, a pool. Yeah, girl. And we could teach like little kid art classes, be fun. <laughs> so, so he basically baits Madeline, Madeline mm-hmm. Wheeler, out to to Vegas, and soon they would give birth to their first child, Stephanie. But Unger had also Unger Stewie mm-hmm. would also adopt Madeline's first child, Richie, oh. who absolutely adored. Adored Stewie. Aww. Ended up taking his last name. Like, the whole thing. They were just, like, this cute, cute little family. But, yeah. as Stewie starts to play more and more in Vegas, he starts to gain a name for himself. People are mm. like, he counts cards. He can't be trusted. We don't want him in this casino. Sure. He's also on all of the side action, destroying all of his opponents. And he's really not like allowed to play in Vegas. Okay. Except for like underground games. Okay. Question at this point, is he engaged in like the drug culture of the gambling world yet? That is an excellent question. And you are like three seconds ahead of me. (gasps) So yes, in Vegas, as he's playing, he makes friends as well as enemies. Mm -hmm. And, uh, a guy named Billy Baxter would nice. end up becoming Good one name. of his closest. Yeah, right. Uh, would be one of his closest friends and would back him in like a lot of different tournaments and stuff. Like okay, that cool. When he couldn't afford to. So to the drugs. After his mother's death in 1979, Stewie was grieving. Mm-hmm. This morning went to his friend's house. Hey, man. I have something that's going to make you feel better. He's like, what? Like, I'll take a beer. And he's like, no, something that's going to make you feel way better. It's going to get your head straight. Have you tried cooking? Have you tried cooking? Have you tried cooking? And yeah, that would be the first time that he would try cocaine. And what do we do? Wouldn't be the last. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, he liked it? Oh No, he definitely (laughs) liked it. So, originally, he would use it for, like, recreation, and he would use it to kind of stay up during, like, long poker tournaments, stuff like that. Uh, But then, eventually, it turns into addiction. So, even when he's got the day off, he's like, I'll wake up, take a bump, you know. Go hang out with my kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Dear Lord among us. But... 
as his cocaine addiction got worse, his gambling addiction got worse. He mm. was putting it all on the ponies. Mm. And in 1986, four years after they got married, he would get divorced. Sure. And Madeline would explain that, like, Stewie couldn't do, like, daily normal things. Sure. Like, he couldn't pay the bills. Like, their electricity would get shut off. Like, he was, he would spend all day in bed. Got it. Just, it's not even like he can't pay the bills because they don't have the money. It's like he doesn't have the, like, the executive function to, like. He just won't do it. Get himself to do it. Yeah. Yeah. He's like. Um, Amongst this, there were, like, numerous affairs. So mm. he had, at one point, had, like, two mistresses. Um, He would also engage with, like, sex workers, which. If you're agreeing to that within your marriage, great. You do you. Mm-hmm. But they had not agreed to that in their yeah. marriage. So my like little heart is breaking for her son. Rich, what is it? Richard? Her Richie. son? Yeah. Who was like, this is a man that like I'm choosing to idolize. Yeah. Like, this is uh, my hero. I love this guy. I want his last you- name imagine how heartbreaking that must have been like for everyone involved uh three years after the divorce their son richie would commit suicide fuck yeah jeez like it really sucks jeez yeah mm, just poor boy. a disaster just like a fucking heartbreaking heartbreaking snowballing yeah just avalanche of heartbreak yeah. So, as you can assume, Stewie's cocaine use escalated. Mm-hmm. And he was only five foot five. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so he's like not a big guy to start with, but he was so frail. <sighs> and you see pictures of him and videos of him playing poker, and he's like a little ghost. He's a little ghost. Like, he's not yet 40, and he looks 70. Jeez. He's not in good shape. And it's like, I don't know, just being thrown into that world by, like, (laughs) like from birth, basically. From birth. Bonkers. And it's a little bit like. never stood a chance. No, he didn't have a chance. He was so young when all of this happened. Like, he was so young when he was like, I'm a genius card player. Yeah. Like, the ego of that. It's yeah. like the ego of, be- of beating grown men at gin rummy. Plus, you're constantly surrounded by booze and drugs and addiction. And then also, like, you are the breadwinner in your family. You're probably not learning how to form healthy relationships. You know, it's, it's yeah. all Do you know how to seems vote? Messy. Do we, did anybody <laughs> teach you how to vote? I just, I, there's like, and these basic skills too, that were never taught. Yeah. Are just assumed that, you know, you're making money, you're in the nightlife, but you're a child. And that's. Yeah. whole vicious cycle. So, he always had a constant need for, quote, action, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, if he was banned from the casinos, he was banned from tournaments, whatever, he would play, like, side games. He would play hotel Mm -hmm. games. He would go wherever the action was. He would stay up all night, days on end. And 
Eventually, he went off the radar for a few years and was still kind of making a little bit of money here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, in 1990, Stewie Unger attempts the main event. Unfortunately, he made it through the first two days of the WSOP. Okay. And on the third day, he was found in his hotel room unconscious from a cocaine overdose. Oh, God. I know. He wasn't able to finish the tournament, but he ended up winning ninth place and brought in $25,000, just over $25,000, because he had such a commanding lead in chips. Oh, wow. That's insane. What? He must have been in like... Like, had such a huge Like lead. a mega first. <laughs> and then he just didn't play the third day and still got ninth place. So, deeply in debt and physically just demolished by mm. his addiction, um, he entered the 1997 WSOP main event with $10,000 given to him by Billy Baxter. Okay. And literally like five minutes before the tournament was supposed to begin. Billy Baxter was like, hey man, I'm glad you're here. And he's like, I just came in here for an orange juice. And he's like, (laughs) great. Get out there. $10,000 right here and you're in. And he's He's like, like, last time I did this, I almost died. I almost died. And he's like, don't care. This time's going to be different. So he was so hungover on the first day. That he was like, I, 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 I can't, yeah. I can't play. And his friend, Mike Sexton, grabbed him by the shirt collar. He's like, get your shit together, man. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry, what Do was that? Do this for your daughter. <laughs> no. And, he, and, and Stewie was like, all right, I'm going to need a gin on the rocks, a couple of French fries, and some chicken wings. And so he played the whole first day and he was constantly like looking at this little pocket picture of Stephanie that he had, oh, which is so precious. And he would call her with updates. And then day two, he's rested. He's showered. Yeah. He's shaved. He's like, oh my God. Good job, Stewie. Good yes. job, Stewie. Bounce right back in one day. And absolutely destroyed had a commanding lead, became favorite to win from all the bookies in Vegas. And on day three, his lucky river draw, which I don't know what that means. Yeah. It's like there's the flop and that's like the first three cards. And then there's the turn, which is the next card that gets turned over. And then the river is the very last card that gets revealed of like the common cards. Okay, Hannah. Dude, I'm telling you, we got into poker during the pandemic. (laughs) For my... We learned some things. What is it? My 22nd... Yeah, for my my first birthday in the pandemic, I... My my sister and mom were like, let's go on a walk. And we went on a walk and we came back and they had transformed our living room into like a little casino. And like (gasps) all my family were wearing like visors and like sparkly blazers. (laughs) That's... Possibly the cutest yeah. thing I've ever heard. Because it was like early pandemic times where we were like, oh, we don't know how long this is going to go on. And yeah, this could be cute. forever. We yeah. could just live like this forever and we yeah. might as well do the thing. 
love and my it. my brother is also super like he gets super like obsessive about certain things and he's like you gotta know the right terminology you gotta know the <laughs> etiquette he's like if you ever do this at an actual poker game you're like that's not okay and i'm like i don't know when i'm gonna be at an actual poker game but <laughs> sure friend <laughs> sure 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 can you refill my drink please thanks <laughs> <laughs> well so day three stewie's lucky river draw against casino executive john Strempf. Mm-hmm. One. Okay. And he wins the whole tournament. Wow. And if you see a picture of him during this tournament, he looks emaciated. Like, oh, God. Like, he, even he's like cleaned not good. up. <laughs> he's like, even cleaned up. The best he's going to look. <laughs> not look good. But he also wore his signature, like, round blue glasses. Dope. Like, sunglasses. So cool. Very cool, except for it was mostly to hide his deviated septum. <laughs> oh, baby. Damn, buddy. So in the post-interview, he dedicates his win to Stephanie, um, and he is dubbed the comeback kid. Okay. So the million-dollar prize that he had won with his backing to Baxter, which also great move for Baxter, Billy Baxter. He was like, I'm going to give you $10,000, but we're going to split the winnings. So. Jeez. So he put in $10,000, won $500,000. That's insane. And so did the kid. Billy. Right. Yeah. Stewie. So did Stewie. Uh, But that would be gone a week later. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, my God. Literally a week later, he would lose all 500,000. Gambling, drugs, both? Um, Mostly gambling. Okay. Because he would just straight up go in there and put $100,000 on the ponies. Like, like it didn't. I was like, dude. So scary. So scary to me. And especially, like, I know when you're grappling with, like, addiction and all that stuff, like, money doesn't register the exact same way. Yeah. And like with $500,000, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. That's so much money. So friends offered to back him in like future tournaments. He didn't want to play because he was embarrassed that he's like, I'm, I'm like weak. I'm strung out. I'm going to embarrass myself. He didn't want to play. Oh. Um, one of his friends offered to back him in whatever tournament he wanted if he just went to rehab. Wow. Just go to rehab for 30 <gasps> days. Just try. Just try to get cleaned up. I will back you in anything you want. Like, And that's a golden ticket, right? Like, For a savant like Stewie to be offered, like, you don't even need any money. I'll give you the money. Yeah. And then just go make some. Yeah. You're farming money. It's, it's also like, my first thought when you said that was like, oh my God, that's amazing that he has friends who are still kind of there looking out for him. And then I quickly was like, wait, no, 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 they're not his friends. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, You're like, it does sound like you're kind of exploiting him. Yeah. It's like, they're like, we got to keep our, our resource alive. Right. It wouldn't be like, hey, we'll pay for your rehab. No questions asked. Just please go. It yeah. was like. 
we'll do this if you do this, you know. And it's also like a lack of probably viewing gambling as an addiction. Because it's like, yeah. well, in rehab, you should probably also be dealing with the gambling part of things. But if you're like, go get clean and then also come back out and keep gambling. It's like, yeah. well. <laughs> well, is that our strategy? Yeah, Are right. Are sure that's the best one? Well, and it was it was funny because, not funny, tragic. Because Stewie would be like, I know I can get drugs easier in rehab than I can get them on the street. Wow. And I was like, is that true? I feel like it is. And I feel like it might still be true today. It might still be true. But 1998 rolls around. Baxter comes to Stewie and is like, hey, I'll pay your entry fee. Unger was like, I don't want to. I simply don't want to play. And he's like, I'm still too embarrassed. Yeah. I'm still, I, I'm, he's like, I'm 90 pounds. I can't do it. Um, he would become scarce thereafter. And people would see him begging for poker money. Oh, I know, which is absolutely tragic. Yeah. Um, especially because like of all of his big wins and everything, like he had had access to that money but then he would beg people for poker money and then spend it on drugs. And, oh, interesting. you know, despite all the offers to stake him in multiple tournaments, um, at the age of 45, Stewie Unger checked into room six at the Oasis Motel in downtown mm. Las Vegas. And two days later, his body was found fully clothed oh. on the bed and he had passed away. Oh, baby. I know. Oh, um, God. There were... There were no drugs in the room, and there were trace amounts in his body, but uh, the coroner report ruled that his cause of death was a result of a heart conditioner. Huh. Heart conditioner? (laughs) Heart condition caused by years of substance abuse. It almost feels like he, like, knew he was going to die. Like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I think this whole thing... Yeah. we've, We've seen enough bio docu-series that we know this doesn't end well. Yeah. You know, despite the hundred chances that that you're given. Or that, you know... But it's like, he checks in and two days later, he's dead and there's like no drugs in the room. Like, that's yeah. pretty wild. That's it's a little... wild. Like, it's, it's very not from fascinating. an overdose. Yeah. It would be expected that he would die from an overdose, right? You're like, my yeah. life's at an all-time low. But but no, from a heart condition. And um, it's also heartbreaking that um, he had no money, almost no money, mm. when, he, when he passed away. He had $800 to his name, and his friend Bob Stupak covered all the funeral costs. Oh. Um, while he was widely known for his generosity to his friends, Vegas workers, cocktail waitresses, cab drivers, dealers, strangers, he was also known as a very aggressive poker player. Yeah. I mean, he sp- spat at a dealer. He spat at a dealer. And he would see straight through your cards and into your soul. Yeah. And then take you for everything. Um, there was a story... 
1990, the main event, Mansoor Matlubi, uh, a $50,000 heads up hand. Okay. I don't, that I don't know what that one means. Which is why I'm like, it, in it, in it. So during the final hand, Unger sniffed out a bluff, told Mount Luby that he had busted straight, and called with only a 10 high to win the game. Wow. <gasps> That's so, dope. Like, right? So we were like, he can actually see the future. Like, he yeah, can see it. Yeah, It's like he's so skilled. My dude's a witch. Yeah. yeah. It's like he just, like, knows human behavior probably so much. And just, yeah, like, so deeply. It's actually interesting that you say that because he's like, poker isn't a, a game of cards. It's a game of people. Yeah. And he would stand by that all the time. He's like, if you can read people. Yeah. You can win. Yeah. It's it's just that easy. I'm like, wow, that's <laughs> I have a f- absolutely wild. I have a friend who I will play poker with sometimes, and she regularly absolutely beats my ass. And I think it's because she still doesn't totally know which hands are good. And so it's like... <laughs> <laughs> She's she like, just gets, I don't know whether I'm about to win or lose. All in. Really, I think she gets pretty lucky. And then also I'm like looking at her and trying to like, like I, I want to be able to like read into what she's thinking and like, ooh, I know. <laughs> but her. there's just like blankness and I'm like, on her face. God damn it! <laughs> and she's like, I feel happy about this hand. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but I feel good about uh, it. <laughs> and I'm like out here trying to be a badass, like flopping all over. Girl, we'll go to Vegas someday. It'll be great. Ugh, love to. Uh, Stewie was known to revel in the desperation that he saw on his opponent's face. <laughs> <It's> fucked. <laughs> like a psycho. <laughs> Anybody that's like, yeah, squirm, you little worm. <laughs> like, shit. <laughs> All right. But uh, he was inducted posthumously into the WSOP Poker Hall of Fame in 2001. Sure. In 2003. High Roller, the docudrama, mm-hmm. was made starring Michael Imperioli, which, if you know that name, he was the dad in uh, White Lotus season two. That's oh, the Italian one. Oh, got it, got it, yeah. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Much younger. <laughs> and then in 2005, Nolan Dalla and Peter Alson released Stu Unger's biography, okay. One of a Kind, the Rise and Fall of Stewie the Kid Unger. Oh. So, he's a famous name in poker and yeah. gin rummy. And uh, a genius and icon who let his demons get the best of him, which I feel like is a little victim blamey, but that's a quote from the article. Um, but, you know, a, a true tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. And also, it... Sorry, bud. It is... A little victim blame me to be like, he let the demons get the best of him. But also it's like, it is when you're in that world and you're surrounded by that, I could see how that feels like an inevitability, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess the idea that like your demons get the best of you and I'm like, well, they're demons. Yeah. And I'm just a person. (laughs) So what am I supposed to do? I don't have a sword. (laughs) What do you want me to do? I can fight them. I can fight him the best I can. Um, I need a magic yeah. sword, though. I can't do this with I didn't a regular just let sword. let it happen. <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't let it. 
I fought it. But, you know, I'm just a little guy. I'm just five foot five. And I wouldn't be surprised if there were also a lot of people in his life, uh, like, enabling him. And we know even, like, well, his first, like, bump of coke was, like, a pal who's like, oh, I know what'll make you feel better. It's like, it's... Are you sad about your dead mom? Let me give you some cocaine. Like, that's something. Yeah. That's not how how I ask my friends... (laughs) When they're going through something, I'm like, do you want to have some tea and we can talk about it? Or do you want to drink a lot of rosé and then talk about it? Do you want a hug? Those are options. Do you want a hug? Yeah. Or do you want some heroin? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hugs or heroin, kids. <laughs> Those are your... It's up to you. <laughs> two choices. <laughs> well... So that was the story of Stewie, the kid Unger, and his roller coaster. Yeah, his high roller roller coaster. Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, Hannah, do you want to tell the kids where and when and why to follow us? Absolutely. Uh, You can head on over to TikTok and follow us at Disastrously Pod. That's with an L-Y. We're doing some, like, uh, you know, recap just the facts type videos of our newer content, as well as some of our older uh, episodes as well. Um, You can also find us on Instagram at DisastrousPod. If you want to email us, you can do so at DisastrousPod at gmail.com. And make sure to leave, you know, a rate, a review, a subscribe, and send this to a pal if you'd like. Yeah, we would really like that. Um, Well, as always, uh, this has been Disastrous. I'm Amanda. I'm Hannah. And we love you and respect you. And we'll catch you on the flippy floppy. Bye. Bye.